Hey loves, I'm Marley Liss, and welcome to the Sensual Revolution. This is a global movement to reclaim sensual empowerment on an embodied and systemic level. My personal path of sensuality has not been easy. Shame around my body image, sexual abuse, and my queerness had me dissociated and numbed the heck out. It's been a big journey to get to where I am today, but I really have turned my pain to purpose. Along the way, I've learned our personal healing makes epic waves in this world. This podcast is here to remind you that your healing is selfless. When you learn to shed shame, love your body, and claim your worth, you pave the way for all people to do the same. Here, you can expect to hear from sexual educators and healers who work at the embodied level of sensual empowerment, as well as policymakers and justice leaders who work at the systemic level. It's all connected. So whether you're at the very beginning of your own sensual healing journey, or you're a sex-positive advocate and superstar, this community welcomes you. Let's come together and revolutionize this planet one loving, sensual step at a time. Hello loves, welcome back to another episode of the Sensual Revolution podcast. I'm so excited for you to hear from today's guest, and this is just such an important topic. There is so much controversy and misconception around reproductive health care, and of course with everything that's happening with abortion law in the world right now, these are such important conversations to be having. So I'm really honored to have Dallas on with us today, who is the founder and CEO of epic femtech startup Rhea Health. Rhea makes navigating birth control easy, trauma-informed, empowering for people with periods. Rhea is a founder institute portfolio company of the 2020 Silicon Valley cohort, was featured on CBC Radio and the Femtech Focus podcast. Today you're going to hear about how Rhea Health is changing the game in reproductive health care for people with ovaries. You're going to hear about Dallas's five plus year nightmare with doctors conventional approach to birth control which is unfortunately as i'm sure many of you know and potentially have experienced firsthand is not super uncommon to have that kind of nightmare experience so this is all about shifting out of a one-size-fits-all approach to contraception it's about creating space for a more nuanced conversation beyond demonizing all birth control methods because I know that for a long time I was like, fuck all birth control, but the truth is that there's so many reasons for people to lean into contraceptive counseling. You're going to hear about that today beyond pregnancy prevention, and this can even apply to people with endometriosis, PCOS. We also talk about how to advocate for yourself at the doctor's office, which is something all of us should be equipped to do. And on the same note, you're going to learn about birth control inclusion for queer community, trans community, people of color, marginalized communities, and accessibility and how this relates to abortion. So these are some really big topics, really important topics, and Dallas is just such a wealth of knowledge on all things reproductive health care. I'm also so excited that I have so many offerings coming up in the next few weeks, including one that y'all voted for on three different platforms, which is a boundary breakdown workshop. This is a free live training on Zoom that's going down May 30th, 5 30 p.m eastern time this is going to be a one hour training you'll learn to shed shame around prioritizing your own desires and boundaries so you can recognize value and speak your authentic needs which will absolutely support you in creating your dream life and your dream relationships and a sense of safety in your world we're going to be looking at transforming people pleasing and appeasing tendencies learning strategies for self-advocacy we're going to do some guided somatic practices to recognize your yes and your no and to advocate for this and you're also going to get the chance because it's live to connect with folks from all over the world who are on this reclamation path so this is open to all women and non-binary folk. You can save your spot at marleyliss.com boundaries. You'll find the link for that in the show notes. It's going to be amazing. So let's dive into this episode. I'm so excited for you to hear it. Hello, everyone. 
welcome back to another episode of the Central Revolution. I'm really, really excited to be here today with Dallas, who's the founder of Rhea Health. I always start with this question, and you can answer it in any way that you like, but who are you in this chapter of your life? (laughs) (laughs) I am a innovator. Uh, an activist, a speaker, and I like to say that I am a change maker. So I am the founder and CEO of a femtech company called Rhea Health. We make navigating birth control, sexual health and wellness, easy, effective, and empowering for people with ovaries. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And we'll get into like what a contrast all those descriptor words of beautiful and empowering are to our typical reproductive healthcare experience in the mainstream. So I'm excited to get into that. But first, I'd love to hear more about the work you're doing now and sharing in as much or as little detail as feels good for you. I'd love to hear about like your personal journey of what led you to this work and to be so passionate about this. Yeah, so my experience and my, you know, story with what I'm doing now really goes back to when I was in high school. So 16, 17, first starting in a pretty like relatively serious for that age of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I knew that the smart thing was to go on birth control. This is what people were telling you to do. And so I was like, okay, you know, I'll go and uh, get the pill because mm-hmm. you know, there's condoms and the pill. And that was about it. Um, and I went to my family doctor who, you know, was an older gentleman who also saw my dad and it was just kind of the overall, the experience overall was just largely uncomfortable. And like, I wanted to get in and out of there as quickly as possible. I'm sure he also wanted me to get in and out of there as quickly as possible. Like we're, I, it was just one of those situations where you're like, okay, you know, yep, give me it, come on. Um, And so I really didn't know what questions I wanted to ask, which is quite common for people in that similar situation. It's like, we're not taught these things in school there's so much information online it's really hard to sift through and so my birth control the first option that I used was basically just given to me I don't can remember what the brand name was at this point in time very soon after starting to use that method I started to experience changes that one I was not prepared for and Mm -hmm. two I was not really comfortable with I didn't I didn't like it. I started feeling um, extra irritable, uh, gained some weight, and ultimately I just ended up stopping that method. Didn't mm-hmm. tell my doctor. Um, and I, that experience is not unique. I do find in my journey so far and just talking to people about the birth control experience, oftentimes when we experience things that we are unaware of that could have happened or were unprepared for people either use that option um, improperly or they stop using that method altogether. And so this then began my long lengthy five plus years of trying to find an option that works for my body. I tried all the methods under the sun, experienced all of the side effects that you could possibly think of all the while feeling, you know, totally isolated and alone throughout this process. Nobody's talking about these things, or at least they weren't when I was going through it. Um, And often feeling dismissed by my healthcare professionals and healthcare providers. So one method in particular that I was using, my body was reacting so adversely to it, and in ways that are not necessarily common. Um, I was admitted to the hospital on a couple of different occasions because of the reactions my body was having. And these things were chronic. So it was every day I was in pain. Every day I was basically experiencing something new. And it was, you know, had all started from when I first started that one method. And so Mm -hmm. when I ended up in the hospital, I was like, this is insane it should not be this fucking hard to find a birth control option that I like, that works with my body, that I feel confident and comfortable using. 
And that really began my journey in building what is now Raya. It certainly <laughs> did not look like um, what it is now back then, uh, but the first steps for me was really trying to understand, okay, what about my body? What about birth control are causing these issues? You know, and how can those two work well together? So I started doing all my own research, taking matters into my own hands, and really wanting to understand this process. I found a birth control option that I thought could work well for me. I ended up using it, and it was one of the best options that I've ever used to date. Mm -hmm. That experience in itself was just so uh, refreshing and just such a weight lift. I felt so liberated by taking that decision into my own hands and using these tools and this new knowledge that I had to, you know, be proactive about my health. And I started sharing that with my friends and family. It first just started as me like, you know, having conversations and talking to my friends about, okay, you know, think about this if you're going on the pill or, um, you know, have you heard about this and shared my newfound knowledge. And my friends loved it you know, this is information that we aren't really told. It's hard to find. And then COVID happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was out of a job and I was kind of job searching, but also not really excited by any of the things going on. And I went to an entrepreneurial conference um, and I met this woman and she was like, you know what, Dallas, if you are curious about entrepreneurship in any way you have nothing to lose just go for it just figure it Mm -hmm. out and that was really all of the push that I needed and so I ended up doing a whole bunch of market research trying to understand other people's experiences because my journey is such a small little snapshot into the overall experience of people with ovaries navigating reproductive health and I really wanted to understand Mm -hmm. the spectrum of how we could make this experience better for people. Fast forward, we ended up working with a team of medical professionals, OBGYNs, family physicians, naturopaths, to create what is now the methodology behind our smart algorithms. We now have a working solution that is serving real people, changing lives, and really supporting individuals throughout this process so they can find options that they like and have this one-on-one personalized support throughout this journey so that they have tools, information, resources that's all personalized for their own situation so that they can feel confident and comfortable on their reproductive health journey. Mm, Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing. And like, it's so powerful to hear these stories. And like you said, it's unfortunately not unique to have all these struggles and this confusion and everything around anything related to contraception. So it's just so powerful. And I, something I love about your platform too, is that so many of us, I think, and I was in this camp as well, like we hear birth control and we think of the pill. I think a lot of us go there right away. And what I see on your platform is that you're like, we include hormonal and non-hormonal options. And like, I often see fertility awareness methods and um, the pill, like kind of pinned against each other. Like it's very divisive. There's these two camps and one is like, fuck birth control. And one is like, get on the pill. Right. So I think it's so amazing that you're providing this spectrum. And like on that note, I feel like there are, and again, I can say this was me for a long time. A lot of people who have heard a lot of horror stories about the pill and like things that you're kind of sharing as well, And instead of having a more nuanced conversation about contraception, they're like, like I said, fuck birth control completely. So the people who are like in that camp and, you know, are are just holding a lot of like risk rhetoric around this, what, what would you say to those people to either like share some education, help ease anxieties, or just like challenge some of the myths around this conversation? Well, first and foremost, I think a lot of those narratives Um, stem from somebody's own experience with birth control and it's totally valid you know if you're using a birth control method that is not right for you and does not mesh well with your your body your lifestyle or your preferences and you experience an 
and you have a negative experience, that's totally valid. And like, I don't want to take away from someone's, um, you know, journey or process by any means. Where I think it gets tricky and where I think the problem comes is when those individuals then project their own negative experience onto others and limit another person's opportunity really to find an option that does work well for them. We all know that we are not all the same. Birth control certainly is not a one size fits all. And so, you know, the IUD did not work well for me, but I am, will not sit here and like share with you, Marley, like, don't try it. It like messed me up, like saying all these things, because in my opinion, that would be doing a disservice for you. I do, however, think that there's a lot of power in storytelling in sharing our experiences with others one it can be personally healing and two it can be healing for other people to know that they're not alone and know that you know what they went through um that there's community there for them um, and that there's people that they can lean on and learn from and ask questions and i think that's a really wonderful thing mm -hmm. so you know when we are met with these um these, you know, more conflicting opinions or stronger opinions, I do ask people to, you know, one, really sit with how they are sharing that story with other people um, and doing it in a way that is more proactive and positive than it is scary. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hello loves, just jumping in to tell you about the 2S LGBTQIA plus community space that Eva Bloom and myself have created. The Fuck Compet Support Club is an epic space to connect with fellow queer and questioning humans, to build community and to process compet, which is short for compulsory heterosexuality. This space is just $10 per month and you'll get access to a guided monthly Zoom call and an ongoing Discord space for connection. There's always so much gorgeous community and chats happening in that space. So go to patreon.com slash support club, spelled as I said it, but minus the U in fuck, or to make things easy for yourself, just click the link in the show notes. Here you'll find more details and you'll be able to join there. We'd love to welcome you in, whether you've been out for years, are exploring new depths of your queerness, or are questioning your sexuality right now, this space is for you. You truly do belong, and we'd be so excited to welcome you into the club. I do think that there's a lot that we need to learn and understand about hormonal and non-hormonal birth control. Um, some non-hormonal options can be just as you know, nuanced um, and difficult for people to use as hormonal options and, you know, mm -hmm. vice versa, of course. And so I think more conversation does need to be happening and we really need to support one another and look for solutions and tools that take a comprehensive approach. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, when going after going into these conversations, I always just like think, okay, slow down, everybody slow down. <laughs> mm -hmm. Let's, you know, listen. Um, and I think that's when really beautiful things can, can come about. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. It is such a nuanced conversation. I'd love for you to educate us a bit too on just what are some of the reasons to use birth control? I mean, obviously the most obvious one is like uh, preventing pregnancy, but even like as a member of the queer community, I often hear people being like, oh, now that I'm gay, I don't need any birth control or things like that. So I'm curious if you can just share some examples. Definitely. So people go on birth control for tons of different reasons. Um, of course, as you mentioned, generally, you know, when we hear birth control, it's in the name. Like, <laughs> and again, I think we need to change this name because there's so many greater purposes for these methods um, and each one has their own unique purpose as well. But um, preventing unwanted pregnancy is generally the top, top reason. Others, so if we're looking at um, hormonal 
and you know sometimes non-hormonal as well we can get a little bit more into that but generally more so on the hormonal side people are looking to those as um, treatments or manager managers and management treatments of hormonal symptoms so this could be hormonal acne um, mood swings pms um, issues that come about throughout somebody's cycle. Mm -hmm. And so if we know that, that say my acne gets worse, you know, right before my period and it's, it's um, taking a toll on my well-being and on my life that I want to have a hormonal, you know, method to help manage that. Somebody might go on birth control. Um, there's also STI prevention is a big one. That's really great. <laughs> Other um, reason why somebody might use various barrier methods, only really the internal and the external condoms, otherwise known as the male and the female condoms. With more non-hormonal options coming about, there's more opportunity for people to establish a more intimate relationship with their bodies and with their cycles. Mm -hmm. And I think that has a lot of power and a multitude of ways one of which just being understanding your fertility more and understanding your cycle um, as well as you know optimizing your nutrition your diet your um, workout regimes i think this all does play into it um, there has been studies done actually when somebody follows their menstrual cycle in the different four phases and implements different practices within each of those different phases they have lower symptoms of PMS, their um, skin is more consistent, they have better moods overall, better productivity overall. Um, so I think if somebody's using, you know, the fertility awareness method specifically, those might be some reasons that are kind of a draw. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, there's a lot of a lot of different ways why somebody might look to it. I guess actually one in particular we've been learning about more within the Rhea community is birth control for um, PCOS and endometriosis symptom mm -hmm. management. It's not a cure by any means, but it can be really helpful for somebody as they're trying to, you know, live <laughs> yeah. um, a normal and a pain-free life. Birth control can help um, increase that quality of life. For instance, if they're waiting for a surgery, those wait times can be really long and mm -hmm. the pain can be debilitating so sometimes birth control can kind of be this interim solution and that's totally okay that's yeah. totally fine and that's someone's own personal choice mm, I love that emphasis on personal choice and I just hear so much education in that that we're not given from like STI prevention to managing pain to feeling connected to your body these are all such important things and I think that the black and white perspective so many of us have of birth control like are you for it or against it um needs to be way more nuanced because it is such a spectrum like you're saying um I know you named this like birth control it's in the name and a term I've heard Raya use is contraceptive counseling which I think is really beautiful can you share what that actually means so what this typically means is, you know, a series of questions and background checks, um, hopefully, you know, going through the various options and um, what they are so that they can narrow it down and ultimately come up with a solution for the individual. For us at Rhea, so we have found in our market research that a large part of the problem when it comes to people accessing birth control and accessing quality and credible information, as well as the problems when it comes to experiencing negative side effects or changes that somebody's not um, necessarily comfortable with, comes from the traditional form of this contraceptive counseling. What largely ends up happening is in Canada specifically, we our doctors are really busy, you know, we, they may only have 10 or 15 minutes with each patient. And that's really just not enough time to dive deep into all of the different options available, their potential side effects, how those options work, how they're changing your body and your actual hormonal structures and systems. And so 
oftentimes doctors may have, you know, what they're most familiar with or what they have free samples of. And those might be, you know, three options that they then prescribe. And it's not necessarily what's best for that particular person. Of course, doctors always ensure that they're to the best of their ability and that there's no contraindication, medical reason why somebody shouldn't be using a certain method, but largely it becomes, okay, pretty one size fits all. And of course I'm generalizing. There are other um, services, uh, health designated health clinics that will take 30 minutes with an individual, maybe plus to go through all of these options, ask all of the proper questions. Unfortunately, not everybody has access to those services. And so with Raya, we are really trying to change that approach, change that conversation. And if we really sit down and have conversations around all of the reasons why somebody is unique and we use those differentiators and celebrate those, but really use them to leverage this decision-making process, we can way faster, way more effectively and way and more thoughtfully match somebody to an option that could work really well for them. Yeah. What is left out of the puzzle is, you know, full spectrum, full conversation around preferences, lifestyle, past experience with birth control. Um, So looking at, okay, what, what symptoms or side effects did you have in the past? If you've been on in any option, what was that option? And like the specific active ingredient or form of it. And let's use that to inform our prior or now decisions. Um, And so really understanding someone's hormonal profile as well and how that plays into which dose, which type of hormone or not Mm -hmm. (laughs) is best for that individual. Yeah. Medical history, um, but really taking this full spectrum approach and then outlining, helping them outline their boundaries when it comes to their birth control and how that option may make them feel. Um, Mm -hmm possible changes that they could experience and what their tolerance is with that change. It is largely expected with hormonal and non-hormonal birth control that you may experience some change. You are implementing a new treatment, um, you know, a new method into your health regime. And it's totally fine um, when you do experience changes. What we need to make sure is that the individual is okay and is comfortable with those changes and having a full understanding of what those changes mean for their body. Um, I think this is a big piece of the puzzle that does currently get left out of the traditional contraceptive counseling is informed consent. Mm -hmm. Having a full understanding of what's happening to make that decision for themselves. It's that personal choice that we've been chatting about Um, And it's something that, you know, we really want to prioritize in what is our (laughs) contraceptive Mm. process. Yeah, beautiful. Of course, something that I'm really big on, and I know a lot of listeners of this podcast really care about and connect with deeply is like trauma-informed approaches to everything. So I think that that is so powerful. Something I saw y'all make a post on that was like really great was tips on how to advocate for yourself at the doctor's office and I know like I've experienced this I'm sure many many people have um like you said you go to the doctor and they kind of push whatever pill or method they're most familiar with and it's like that streamlined like one track way of thinking where they're like this is your only option and sometimes we can feel like we have no control in that moment or we might be like minimizing or devaluing our own wisdom and experience in a way by being like oh the like this is an expert I don't know anything they know better than me so what are some ways that we can advocate for ourselves at the doctors yeah and I think you know people do get into this conversation where they're like you know this person should know like I've been there when I was going through um my issues I sought out information, tried to ask questions um, and get answers from these healthcare providers. And oftentimes they just didn't have them. 
a lot of the time because we just don't have that information um, to validate our experiences within women's health. Women's health and reproductive health, sexual health and wellness have been hugely underfunded, mm -hmm. under, you know, had a lack of resources towards these areas. And so we just don't have some information and some research to validate different things that we are going through. Um, in terms of really advocating for ourselves in that office and in those um, you know, visits, I think the number one thing is to be prepared. I even write down a list, like take my journal and write down things that you know, I either want to ask or points that I want to bring up or even just how I'm feeling overall so that if it's intimidating, if I'm feeling a little uncomfortable, or even if I just forget, like it's something that I can refer back to and that's totally fine. The first time that I did it, it was really uncomfortable. I felt like, you know, an eight-year-old bringing my, bringing my journal to my mom <laughs> or something, um, but it's totally okay. And these, you know, doctors see it all the time. I think another important piece to the puzzle is it's like dating for doctors you know if you have a physician or a medical professional that you just like don't vibe with and if you go into the office and you know start feeling like mm, you know maybe this really isn't the right fit um that's okay and there mm -hmm. are others out there and it's okay to you know date around a bit telehealth has certainly made that more accessible so you can now you know have conversations with physicians a little bit easier in that way so you don't necessarily have to call around um, and make an appointment weeks out in advance or go to different walk-in clinics but certainly doing a little bit of research so maybe um, you know if it's a priority for you to have a female doctor or a person of color or somebody who is trained in trans medicine, for instance, mm -hmm. you can largely find that information online and, you know, going out of your way to find that community and find that support. Unfortunately, it's on us at a lot of the time to do that information digging. Um, but that, you know, that's just where we are. And you can learn a lot throughout that process. And so really trying to come prepared put yourself in a situation um, that you would be most comfortable in. And if you find yourself in a situation that you feel uncomfortable, that's okay. Take a step back, um, regroup, and there's, there will be the support out there. There are communities out there that can, that can help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is such like potentially life-saving information and a way to think as well. And I think that like so many people have really horrible experiences and like you said there's so often this one-size-fits-all approach and when we name all those intersections like different populations and demographics it becomes really clear that the one-size-fits-all approach is so lacking but the way the thing that I love about the way you worded it is like it gives people permission to hold that as a standard and be like I'm actually not willing to tolerate that one size fits all approach. And I know that there are people out there who are being way more inclusive. So I just appreciate you naming that a lot. And like, this reminds me of what you're saying about birth control boundaries. So can you just share a little more about like, what that actually means, some examples of that? What, what, are some of the ways that we can set boundaries around what we're willing to tolerate or not? Yeah, so this idea really came from, well, for sure my own experience when it came to birth control. Um, and when you're going to try a new method, you often hear this, you know, okay, this is the trial phase. Like you'll probably experience side effects, but they should subside. Like if you experience something in the first three months, don't worry about it. Um, I'm a believer that healthcare you know, in a general circumstance should not make you feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, birth control should not make you feel uncomfortable. And if it is, then let's have a conversation about it. Probably it's not the right option for you. 
or we need to tweak some things, have a further understanding of what's actually going on so that the individual can feel, you know, good in that, in that experience, good in that journey. This is our sexual reproductive health, and it has a huge impact on our everyday life and our overall well-being. Um, so birth control boundaries come about when speaking about that trial phase. I'm using like the little quotation marks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you're first starting on an option, hormonal and non-hormonal, you may experience changes. Um, and it's important to before you start on a method, and this can go for any medication, any new treatment, really any area of our life if we want to get down into it. But looking at all of the things that could happen and picturing that, you know, and seeing like, okay, you know, I, I know this method, you know, for instance, um, let's take the IUD for, for example. I know this method could cause cramping and bleeding, um, just as a small snapshot of how this process works. I am okay with, you know, cramping, maybe like similar cramping to my period. Um, For the first month or two, as my body adjusts, I understand it is a new object in my uterus. So I'm okay with that. Like, I understand that. Um, But if it goes beyond that time frame, or if I am missing school because the cramps are too painful, that's crossing my boundary. Mm -hmm. Or you know, if this bleeding is more like a period bleed and not so much spotting and it crosses this time bound boundary that I have set, I'm not okay with that. Mm-hmm. And so going through all of the different changes that could happen. So changes in your sex life, changes in your relationships, that could be changes with your friends, with your parents, um, or with an intimate partner and really taking a checkpoint, like, okay, how is my relationships in all of these aspects right now? And then when I start on my new option, how are they then? Um, and having these different checkpoints, having these markers um, beforehand to see what's happening and ultimately understanding, is that option right for you or not? I also think that there's a huge benefit when just having these conversations beforehand, because these are, um, these are things that are just not talked about really in the current contraceptive counseling process. We aren't given the space or the time or the tools to understand these different changes and, um, talk about, you know, what we are willing to tolerate, what our boundaries actually are. I feel like (laughs) there's so many areas in health where they're like boundaries. What's that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so I think even just going through that process in itself can be so informative that people do feel more prepared. um, And then they are more willing to continue to use a method or they feel more confident and just knowledgeable overall. And so they continue to use that option properly. Mm-hmm. We know that if we use methods with the perfect use, it has higher effectiveness. Um, and with more knowledge, of course, comes, you know, more power, all of that good stuff. Um, and, you know, we, we then are reaching our goals with these, these medications and these um, methods that we set out to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. It's such an empowering approach to all of it. And I think like, I'm so huge on this topic. And I think that because we live in a world where our boundaries are constantly being overridden um, and where many of us have experienced that through conditioning or trauma or whatever it may be, or even social constructs like cis heteronormativity and whatnot, it's so powerful to weave in those boundaries in as many areas of our lives as we can. So I hear this invitation and what you're saying too, to be like, not only can this be good enough for you in terms of contraception or whatever you may use birth control for, but it can also be a really powerful avenue for reclamation and affirming your right to boundaries and informed consent and everything. So that's just really beautiful. 
Hello loves, we're gonna take a quick break from our conversation to tell you about my signature group coaching program, the Sensual Wholeness Academy. This is an eight month program for women and non-binary folk who are ready to let go of shame and claim self-love, sensual empowerment, and somatic healing within an epic community rooted in radical acceptance. The course includes eight modules which dive into content like strengthening boundaries, claiming your true yes and no, transforming shame around sexuality, building a mindful self-pleasure practice, releasing body and genital shame, transforming trauma-inclusive sex education, empowered intimacy, the wheel of consent, and so much more. When you sign up for the Central Wholeness Academy, you get access to live weekly group coaching calls featuring embodiment practices. You get the eight video training modules. You get access to our VIP virtual community space where you receive ongoing support throughout the whole program. You get guided journal prompts, community to last a lifetime, and bonus workshops with amazing guests. If you're someone who's ready to let go of shame or numbness and claim the sensual empowerment and self-love you deserve, then your next step is to go to marleyliss.com slash SWA. You'll also see the link for that in the show notes. So here you'll see plenty more details about the program and you'll be able to set up a free consultation call with myself where you'll receive personalized support and explore if this is a fit for you. So I'm so looking forward to connecting with you on this call. You're so worthy and capable of this reclamation. Something that is like, of course, a huge conversation in our, in our culture right now is um, reproductive healthcare, birth control, accessibility, and like how that relates to abortions as well. And I saw, um, again, love your content. I saw another really informative post on your feed around um, abortions in Canada specifically and FAQs and everything so I know that's a really big topic but I'd love for you to just share about like birth control accessibility how that might relate to abortions and any anything that you feel is important to share around that in Canada birth control and abortion actually as a whole um the accessibility piece is quite varying. I think there's like only six hospitals or six um, clinics in Canada that actually perform abortions. Um, And if you think, if you think how big Canada is and for there only to be six, that really limits someone's access to these, you know, life services. And I think virtual abortions are now becoming more um, available and more accepted. And I think if somebody's in more of a remote location, that might be a really good option for them to look into. I'll have to do a little bit more digging myself so we can provide some more information for folks, but um, that certainly is an option. Birth control and abortions do come at other barriers as well. Of course, you know, um, socio-political, cultural barriers. There's also the affordability piece. Um, if you don't have any coverage, you have to pay for your birth control out of pocket. Um, largely abortions, you do still have to pay for. Again, sometimes coverage is varying. It's so like, I hate to, I hate this so much, but it's, it's so much, it depends. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it depends on all of these fronts. Um, I am concerned that the recent decisions in the U.S. will um, set a precedent in Canada. I, you know, I'm really hoping not. I, I like to think we are beyond that. <laughs> mm. You know, let's just continue to move forward, move forward. Um, but, you know, I've, my friends um, in the U.S. thought the same. Yeah that and moving forward and so I think there will be now more of an importance on proactive measures like birth control Um, not to say that you know we all know that if abortions are banned it's just banning safe abortions not all abortions and so I think the accessibility piece across the board is a huge problem something that needs to be addressed Um, also conversations around reproductive health services um, in terms of 
it being okay to access them for whatever reason or no reason at all. Um, and that the post abortion care and support um, should be more readily available. Mm -hmm. I have had an abortion myself and that was something that I really struggled with was just, okay, you know, yes, it wasn't a hard decision that I had to make. I knew that like right away, that's what I was going to do. Um, got it done. And then afterwards I was kind of like, oh shit, like, you know, I didn't really know. I, I, I just felt a little bit helpless in that. Mm -hmm. um, those clinics are so bombarded. Um, they have, a, you know, they're very understaffed. Um, they have a lot going on. And so I think that counseling piece certainly is a piece of the puzzle that is not being addressed in that post-support um, is largely underlooked. And I think in the U.S., probably more so, um, but if we're thinking about it in a Canadian context, I can only speak from my own experience, but it's something that I think needs to be, yeah, taken a closer look at. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I'd love to make our last big question just focused on, and I know you shared a lot of this already, but just what are some of the ways that your Epic company is making birth control more accessible? One, we are focused on really enabling individuals in their reproductive health journey. That being through tech-enabled systems, so our smart algorithms providing personalized information for individuals we also have a 24-7 text line for people to ask our medical team questions, access support. We have one-on-one -on -one counseling sessions through our REA platform. We are currently working on um, some partnerships where we'll be able to have virtual consultations with doctors and to get prescriptions delivered, as well as just more curated care when it comes to sexual and reproductive health from your phone, from your couch, from your bed, wherever. Um, that's super important. We do have an ongoing petition right now that is petitioning for government funding to provide um, transportation for individuals in remote communities and a support person so that mm -hmm. they can travel out of community to get access to reproductive health services, whether that be, you know, an IUD insertion, for instance, or an abortion. Um, sometimes in these remote communities, they don't have professionals trained for that, or they don't have the means to um, have these services available. And people then have to pay out of pocket to access them. So we want to really, you know, make that process easier for people. It goes to that access piece that we were chatting about. So um, we'd love to share that petition, get people to sign it. We will be, yeah, pushing that forward. Um, and we really just want to facilitate and grow a community around with like-minded people around reproductive health, around asking questions, learning from each other, growing together. And I think that's, that's where movement and change happens. Mm, this is so amazing. I'm like so grateful for the work that you're doing. And I know that so many people are, and it's just going to continue to grow and like shift the narrative and the dialogue and change lives in so many ways. Cause there really is such a lack of education and just to bring it full circle to what you shared about your own journey with all of this, like throwback to and my experience too, like being in high school, age 16, I was like, I don't have so much acne, I'm going to get on the pill and like didn't know anything about it at all. Was like terrified of weight gain, which ties into a lot of other conversations, fat phobia and diet culture, all these things too. But just like you said, there's no informed consent. There's no um, sense of comfort and safety to just ask questions. And so it's so beautiful that y'all at Rare are taking this like best friend approach where you're like we want to be with you in this journey of birth control and contraception and make sure that you find something that feels empowering and actually works for you so 
Round of applause. So happy this exists. Um, how can people connect with you and with Rhea? Thank you so much for all of that, first and foremost. You're like giving me the chills and such a good smile <laughs> over here. Our DMs are always open for people to ask questions and just get connected with us um, over Instagram. Pretty simple, just at Rhea Health, as well as TikTok at Rhea Health. Um, we, our service is available if you're looking for you know, more information on options or support throughout your birth control journey, or if you just kind of want to learn if the option you're using is right for you or not, um, you can sign up for our service at rayahealth.ca. And yeah, you can find us there. I'm always hanging out on those platforms. So yeah, happy, happy to chat. Amazing. And I'll put all those links in the show notes. So it's nice and easy for people to thank you so much Dallas for sharing with us today. And thank you everyone for listening. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening, loves. I hope that you received so much education and clarity and hopefully some resources from this podcast episode. Make sure to follow Rhea. Definitely lean into their supports if you're in need of that or pass this episode along to anyone you know who might be struggling with any of the things we talked about today. If people are struggling with um, non-inclusive doctor's experiences when it comes to reproductive health care or lack of access to abortions and contraceptive counseling, this is a really great resource to pass along to them. So your shares and reviews are always so appreciated. Definitely check out all of the links mentioned in the show notes today. I would love to see you at this live boundaries training on May 30th. It's going to be so good and so transformative and so important and relationship shifting. So once again, you can register for that at marleyliss.com boundaries. Save your spot for that workshop and feel free to DM me if you have any questions too. I'm always super down to connect with y'all and I'm sending so much love your way. 